Thanks, Bertie. Uh, my name's Simon, and we're going to be going through that passage together uh, in 1 Peter. Uh, if you uh, have your Bibles, it's always wonderful to look at them, uh, to, to grow and teach yourself and be considering what, what is happening at the front uh, while we're going through. My pages are dis- uh, misbehaving today. Let, let me just get them to submit. All right. And why is it, I wonder if you've ever wondered, uh, why is it that the apostles, the writers of the New Testament, um, get so excited about suffering? Why do they write about it so much and then write about it as if it's awesome, that suffering is, 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 is unreal? Uh, you might be familiar with the book of James. And James says, consider it pure joy, friends, when you face trials. Consider it all joy. Uh, who hand up here who loves suffering? I can just confirm that no one put their hand up. <laughs> uh, it's right. Um, suffering, suffering by nature is not fun. Uh, if we were to put suffering into a category, we'd probably put it in the avoid at all costs department. Uh, or if if you can't avoid it, let's put it in the get through it as quickly as possible category. We wouldn't put it in the fun and games category. Uh, We wouldn't put it in the rejoice and blessed category. But that's what the Bible seems to put it into. It wants us to put suffering into the department of rejoicing. Why do that? Why do they do that? And how does that even make sense? That's the topic of today as we go through 1 Peter together. Uh, The first thing to notice is, as Peter says, is that suffering is not strange. Suffering is not strange. There's three, three things to say about this that's not strange. The first is that the world that we live in groans as a result of sin. Now, that's not, that's not coming from 1 Peter. That's coming from Romans chapter 8. We read, uh, as, as we live in a world that has been broken by sin ever since Adam and Eve rebelled against God, God put a curse on this world that's, that says, as a consequence of our sin, we now live in a broken world. So that, come prayer time, Cameron announces that we're going to pray for another part of the world who's experiencing earthquakes. We might be praying for, for famine. We might be praying for uh, fires, etc., uh, etc. Et uh, this world that we live in is full of suffering. That's a general suffering. Every person on the planet uh, participates in that kind of suffering. We need to recognise that as, as Christians, uh, as humans, that we live on a, in a broken world. And so suffering of many kinds comes. It could be your physical ailment. It could be the disappointment of friends. It could be any number of things. Accidents happen. Uh, death comes to all of us. That is a general sense of suffering. Romans chapter 8 is a good place to go there for, for the groaning that creation, uh, creation, creation is eagerly awaiting for God to bring this type of suffering to an end. But then we've already looked in the book of 1 Peter at a different type of suffering. When we begin to say no to sin, we we are at war with the desires within us. Back in chapter 4, verse 1, it says, Therefore, since Christ suffered in his body, arm yourselves also with the same attitude, because whoever suffers in the body is done with sin. So we looked at this last week. So in other words, when we, when we say no to sin, we are actually deciding that our flesh will, we will say no to the things that our flesh greatly desires. And that will have a type of suffering. We, we looked at that briefly last week. But 
when we begin to say no to sin, we are swimming against the current of this world. And so, in the book of 1 Peter, we've been reminded that we are strangers and exiles. We're aliens. We, we don't belong here. Uh, and we ch- we're choosing to not belong here because we're longing for a better place. We're longing for the, the next world. And uh, in chapter 4, verse 4, we were reminded that, that those that we live amongst will be surprised. They are surprised that you do not join them in their reckless, wild living. And they heap abuse on you. Uh, those around you that in our society who will notice that we are standing up and saying, no, I don't, I don't want to participate in this, or I don't, want to, I don't agree with that way of life, etc. And, uh, and the confusion is, the surprise from the world around us is, why wouldn't you just want to enjoy this? Why, why, what, are you, what are you making a big deal about? Uh, why don't you just go with the flow like everybody else? And there's a type of suffering that comes to Christians as we stand out, as we, as we go against the, the flow. And while the world around us, in, in chapter 4, verse 4, is surprised at our reaction, when we get to our passage today, in verse 12, we're told that we are not to be surprised. We're not to be surprised. Verse 12 says, Dear friends, don't be surprised at the fiery ordeal that has come on you to test you, as though something strange were happening to you. Peter says... This is to be expected. Uh, the, the type of suffering that Peter's talking about is the sort of suffering that we will um, receive in connection to being Christian. Not the general suffering that everyone uh, suffers under, but the particular type of suffering where we stand up for Jesus and, and we might get uh, backlash. It could, be, it could be massive. It could be... Uh, Obvious, huge, and in your face. And we know that there are places in this world where it's extremely hard uh, and violent to be a Christian, to stand up for the name of Jesus. You are not just going against the general tide of society, but you may be even breaking the law to be a Christian. There are places in the world like that. Uh, You can go to uh, opendoors.org, I think it is, um, and and find out many places in the world who, who are suffering. And we should pray for our brothers and sisters who share in the same spirit as us, who have the same hope as us. They have the same Jesus, the same saviour as us. And, uh, and while we uh, can come and enjoy a Sunday morning together, uh, there are parts of the world where that's not true. We can receive suffering in a much subtler way. Uh, we might call it passive aggression. We're just, just being slightly off-centre to the rest of your family who haven't followed Christ, but you have. Uh, Peter says, don't be surprised. He's already talked about this, actually, in our very first chapter. In chapter 1, verses 6 and 7, let me read it to you. Chapter 1, verse 6, In all this you greatly rejoice, there's that word rejoice again, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith, of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory and honour when Jesus Christ is revealed. Back in chapter 1, Peter talked about trials and he talked about it in connection, in, with a metaphor of refining, refining gold, that we'd heat it up to separate the, 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 the muck from the pure metal. And so we'd be, end up with a pure metal. So what is the, ref, the fiery ordeal that's refining us is refining our faith. 
the, this type of suffering that we can receive as a Christian can be refining you personally. Uh, as, God, as God sends uh, trials and sufferings your way in order to just acknowledge and test that you are for Christ. He puts a little bit of a pressure on us. Uh, I think we noticed this, actually. I know I wasn't part of the church here back in COVID, but I, it was the same kind of feeling every, in churches everywhere uh, that the COVID had a tendency to amplify pe- people's current state of their faith. And those who are genuinely Christian stuck with it and pushed through whatever the church had to go through in order to get through this time uh, and so we could come back together again. Uh, you notice, you know more than I do, uh, who isn't with us anymore at Kingswood Anglican, that, that this the time of COVID happened. Uh, there's many types of trials that God puts us through in order to just sift us, um, both personally but also as a church. And I want us to just stop and acknowledge, as the Bible does, that suffering ultimately uh, comes from God. That's a hard thing to digest, isn't it? Uh, Isaiah chapter 45, verse 7. Isaiah 45, verse 7 says, God is speaking here, I form the light. Well, we, we, we praise God for that. I form the light and create the darkness. I bring prosperity and create disaster. I, the Lord, do all these things. That's a, that's a sober thought for us to acknowledge, that the God that we have turned to for salvation is also the God who brings us light and darkness. Uh, um, prosperity and disaster. God is in control of all things, and so when we face a time of suffering, whatever that looks like, we need to acknowledge, ultimately, that God is God's hand is involved in this, and we need to lean into him or run away from him. And that, that's the challenge that Peter has for us today uh, as we continue on and ask the question, what, why, why should we be rejoicing? If suffering is never fun, why use the word rejoice? Well, we want to rejoice, as Peter says, because you're on Jesus' team. That's why we rejoice. He's not, in, he's not encouraging us to enjoy suffering is encouraging us to just put it in perspective and rejoice because we bear the name of Jesus. There's three, in verses 13 to 16, there are three things that he says that we ought to give thanks to God for because we bear the name of Jesus. And the first one is in verse 13. He says, your hope is eternal. Your hope is for forever, not for just the here and now. Verse 13 says, but... Rejoice inasmuch as you participate in the sufferings of Christ so that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. We're looking forward to a future event, a future reality when Jesus will be revealed and we, the church, and you as a Christian will be revealed in glory with him. We, we participate in something in the future which we're hanging out for. And so we'll put up with things here and now because we are we're ultimately banking for an eternal hope, eternal glory. So your hope is, is in uh, heaven to come. Heaven is ahead of us. Uh, you, are with, you are teamed up with Christ for glory, and your joy that you experience now will even still be upgraded to overjoyed. <laughs> we're going to get an upgrade from joy to overjoyed. I'm looking forward to that. So the first thing is we're looking for, we are we are to rejoice not because we love suffering 
But because we are do, because we're receiving suffering in the name of Christ, we are we are anchored in the eternal hope, not short-term hope. The second thing he says in verse 14 is that when you suffer because of Christ, you you need to understand that the Spirit of God is with you. Verse 14, if you are insulted because of the name of Christ, you are blessed for the Spirit of glory and of God rests on you. Peter has just referenced in that little section there, he's just referenced Isaiah uh, chapter 11, which we had read out to us, our Old Testament passage. And when you read that Isaiah 11 passage, we know that Isaiah is, has Jesus in mind when he talks about the, the stump that's coming from Jesse, the descendant of Jesse and David. This is King Jesus that Isaiah is, is predicting, and we're told that the Spirit of God will rest on him. That's clearly a, a, a Messiah message. But Peter says, Peter refers to that same blessing of the spirit resting on you in connection with you who have stood up for jesus in this day and age while we're waiting for glory to come even now when people say what are you waiting for enjoy life now put christ aside and just enjoy life just get on with all the good things that are happening but when we say no i'm for christ and i will go through whatever god desires for me to go through for the sake of glory when you do that that is a signal, that is a sign, that is an indication that the Spirit of God is on you. That you're being powered by the Spirit of God to say no to this world and to say yes to eternity. To say yes to King Jesus and not yes to King, insert your name, King Simon. Not that you should say yes to King Simon. I'm saying that I would say yes to King Simon. <laughs> you insert your name at that place. Friends, we have a, eternity on our minds as we look at the present suffering, we have the power of the Spirit on us when we say no to shortcuts and say yes to eternity. You have the strength of God with you because you're identifying with Christ. And lastly, the third thing he says is that you bear the name of Jesus. Verse 16. Verse 16. However, if you suffer as a Christian, don't be ashamed, but praise God that you bear that name. What name are you bearing? You're, naming, you're bearing the name of Christ. You're, you're waving the banner of Christ and saying, I'm a Christian. I belong to Jesus. I belong to Jesus. And I'm going to anchor myself in that reality. There's my foundation. Uh, all other ground is sinking sand. I am with him. That's the name that I bear. What other name would you prefer to bear? Would you rather bear your name and celebrate your name and your, your existence? Or would you be proud to bear the name of Jesus? Of course, there is suffering that can come upon a person that's got nothing to do with your Christianity. And he says that in verse 15. Uh, some suffer because they deserve to suffer. Uh, verse 15 says, If you suffer, it shouldn't be as a murderer or a thief or any kind of criminal or even as a meddler. He's just listed a bunch of stuff that anyone on the planet would say, no, you're going to prison. You know, you've killed someone, you're going to prison, you're suffering. And if, you've, if you're suffering for any, any cause that this world would, would obviously say that that's a horrible thing to do, then that's not in the name of Christ that you're doing it. But, if, but friends, we're not meddlers. We are, we are strangers. We are signing up for Jesus the King who will walk with us into eternity. 
and say, you're with me. And so now what we want to do is ask, are we with him? Are we with him? Do we trust him? Uh, there is um, a bit of uh, light in this passage here. Just a couple of times in verse 14 and verse 16 is the word if. Uh, if you suffer for Christ. If you have to go undergo some hardship. So it's good for us to just recognise that we're not, as Christians, always suffering. There's plenty of things to, to rejoice over. It's a beautiful day outside right now. It's beautiful. We've had a couple of days of rain, and that's a good thing too. Uh, the, the sun has come out, and that is a general, um, general gift of God to all, all humanity, those who've, who live the name, with the name of Christ on their shoulders and those who don't. There's a general blessing in this world. Just as there is a general hardship and suffering, there's also general goodness. And God does look after his people. He knows what you're going through. And he knows uh, the hardships that you are putting up with. Jesus said that not a sparrow um, falls in the wood without God knowing about it. He knows about the earthquakes overseas, the international um, disasters, and he knows about a little bird that falls that no one even recognises. And so God knows the things that you have to suffer through. God knows what you're putting up with. God knows what weighs on your heart. God knows what things uh, bring anxiety into your life. It's not that when you come to Christ, you will and must suffer. And if you're not suffering, you mustn't be a Christian. But it is true that if you stand up for Jesus and say, I'm for him no matter what, then we ought not be surprised if suffering comes our way. What's happening is a soft test. It's the third point. This is a soft test. As you move into verse 17, uh, God is judging the church, but it's judging with a, a little j. Let me just read to you from verse 17 and 18. It's not, for it is time for judgment to begin with God's household. And if it begins with us, what will the outcome be for those who do not obey the gospel of God? And if it's hard for the righteous to be saved, what will become of the ungodly and the sinner? God's not judging the church, but refining the church. Uh, so verse 17, judgment has, is, begins with the household of God. That's those, that's the, those who assemble together in the name of of the Lord. In verse 12, he talks about it like a fiery ordeal. And going back to verse one, uh, chapter 1, as I said before, this, this testing is a refining moment to separate those who will stand for Christ with those who will fall away. And a, bit, a little bit of pressure uh, means that they, they're ready to go. God is sifting, putting pressure on the wolves in our, amongst us. You know, Jesus said that, that amongst the sheep there are those, there are wolves dressed as sheep. And the pressure is just enough for those who truly aren't for Christ, who really aren't genuinely seeking to have eternal life with him, will fall away, will run for safety, um, for short-term gain but long-term loss. Those who have put, those who have the spirit of God will stand firm. They will stand firm. Let me encourage you with the words of Jesus. 
in uh, John chapter 5, verse 24, Jesus said, Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. Do you see, eternal life is based on our response to Jesus. If you've heard the voice of Jesus and you salute him and say, I, I hear you, I know who you are and I follow you, then you have eternal life. He goes on and says, he does not come into judgment. Those who come to Christ do not come into judgment, but has passed from death to life. So this actually is a process of judgment. When Jesus' voice is heard, those who respond to his voice have already passed from judgment to eternal life. But those, those who have not truly turned to Christ are not hearing the voice of Jesus. And this suffering, this moment of, of suffering that might come upon us is that sifting moment uh, before we actually enter into eternal life where the final judgment will take place. Those who are not listening to the voice of Jesus ought to worry. Otherwise, if you are listening to Jesus, then rejoice. This is where the joy comes from. Suffering doesn't mean enjoyment. Suffering means I'm doing this for Christ and I rejoice that my name is on his, on his sleeve. Just imagine what it will be like for all who walk away from Christ or who reject the gospel uh, due to a little bit of hardship in this world. That's what verse 18 says, doesn't it? If it's hard for the righteous to be saved, what will become of the ungodly and the sinner? What will become? If this suffering is hard enough, imagine the suffering that's, that's going to happen, that's, that's coming in the future. The pressure we experience is nothing compared to what could follow. When we are identified as Christ, as Christian, then praise God. And friends, the, what we, our response really is in that last verse that Peter shares, and that is to, to be still, to be settled in our faith and to know where we stand with Christ and therefore rejoice. Understand that the storms come. There are sunny days with good sailing and there are days where the storms hit. Whether Either way, you're on the same boat. If you're with Jesus, if you're on his vessel, let's rejoice. So then those who suffer according to God's will should commit themselves to their faithful creator and continue to do good. You see, we are to commit ourselves don't take moments of, of suffering and lose your grip on Jesus. Take those moments of suffering and actually tighten your grip on your Lord and Saviour. It reminds me of Psalm 46, verse 10, a, a great memory verse for everyone. Uh, be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted, says God, among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. And if we know that God will be exalted, then let's stand with him who will exalt us through the name of Jesus. Friends, let's just think like this. It's as simple as this. Would you rather be praised by the world and fit in or praised by Jesus? Would you rather be cast out of this world and regarded a stranger or to be cast out by Jesus and be considered a stranger to him? Let me pray. Father, we stand together in the sense that we, we don't want to suffer. We are weak, 
and we, we long for the days when things are easy, decisions are not hard, when we know that we are loved and that we have strength to love others. But I pray, Lord, that when you send days of hardship our way, that you would keep us confirmed in our faith. Please help us not to waver in our conviction that Jesus is King, that he is the Lord of all glory, and that one day we will see him face to face. Lord, help us to have our hope in eternal life. Help us to be strengthened by the power of your spirit and help us to be proud always in every situation to bear the name of Jesus. And we pray this in your son's name. Amen.